0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the inaugural. First ever? That's what inaugural means, right? Uh, yeah, jack insane. ramsey's podcast <laughs> <laughs> a part of the blue wire podcast network i am your host danny morang or co-host danny morang i've been saying host for so long now because i've been running solo for so long uh first things first obviously jack ramsey's new podcast same place uh different provider also new co-host brandon sprague 1080 the fan six what's to nine up, in the morning yeah uh, what's going on buddy Dude, I'm super
2: excited for this. I'm looking forward to diving into all things Blazers NBA stuff with you.
1: I know we're going to have many a disagreement, but I couldn't be more jacked to get my Ramsy'd on. There you go. Uh, That's going to be the first question. Everybody keeps, I've already gotten that soliciting questions for, we're opening this up in the mailbag. If you're listening to this in the first episode, the mailbag uh, episode, uh, there will be a free agency uh, primer with Jake Fisher following this, Uh, but the Q and a uh, mailbag edition. The, one of the, the many questions I got was Jacked Ramsey. What is a Jacked Ramsey? What does Jacked Ramsey comes from? Uh, it comes from Ian Carmel, uh, who I will, I will give the crown to Beaverton's greatest. Um, oh, he he, he, he holds the crown. I, I just, can't, I, like I can't take it from him. Um, okay. Uh, you know, Late night show writer, lead writer. It's kind of hard to. Are,
2: are you top two or does Gulliver get number two? Uh,
1: Gulliver, Gulliver gets number two. Okay. It's, all right. like, it's a small town. but we, We've done pretty well, right? It's... If I told you you got a bronze at the Olympics, you'd be happy. Listen, man, p- podium place matters. All right. right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You're up there. I see you on the camera on a stage. See that? that listen, man. I, I, it's it's full on. You know, bite the metal, but it's still it's still metal. You know, it's it's not <laughs> yeah. it's not wood. Um, no. But yeah, the name itself is stupid, but it's great at the same time. Uh, Ian threw out about thirty-seven different ideas, and I ran with all of them and ran a little poll for anybody who was trying to catch on to what the hell it was I was doing a couple months ago. Ta-da! Here you yes. go. <laughs> yes. What finished? What finished second? Oh God. Rip City after dark. Rip City after dark is good. Was up there, yeah. and there was another one in there. Um, it wasn't Jacked Ramsey's. God, now I can't remember. It was, it was it was another play. Uh Pod Don't Lie was up there, but that's Pod. Yeah. That, that's another that's the name of another podcast. So that's yeah. like I had to push that one aside as good as it was. There was right. one there was one other one in there that was almost the same as another one. Uh Jacked Ramsey's I knew I had a straight line, like Nobody else has this got Jack Ramsey so Well I'm
2: looking forward to the fact that we're going to have random listeners tuning in going oh it's a cocktail podcast and they're going to think of Jack Ramsey is <laughs> some new pod or some new cocktail and they're going to tune in like wait they talked about basketball the entire time Is that a,
1: is that a potential sponsor we just need to find like a liquor sponsor <laughs> I mean, doesn't that
2: sound like a delicious drink you would get at a Portland bar as a Jack Ramsey?
1: I mean, it certainly is. We we might have to we have to you know trademark that one ASAP. We'll TM, can... trademark pending. <laughs> trademark pending. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey man, I am thrilled to do this for everybody who's listening. We're a couple minutes in. As far as what's different. It's going to be Brandon and I. Brandon will be here at least once a week uh, during the season. I'll probably be doing some solo postgame ones. Depends on what happens with some other stuff I've got going contract-wise that hopefully I'll have some news on. Otherwise, it'll be the same for you guys. You'll get it from the same places. The only difference is you'll need to subscribe to the new feed. That is the, the main difference. And please, please subscribe to the new feed. Yep. Um, <laughs> that part of it matters. Uh, it'll still be at Blazers Edge. It'll still be on iTunes. It'll still be on Spotify. You just have to make sure you sign up for the feed. So if you're listening right now, stop, go back, sign up to the feed, come back. We'll be here for you.
2: Great review. Tune in as much as you possibly can. You know, I I like to hang out with Danny and talk hoops. The ones that I'm not here, I'm sure are going to be amazing. And who knows, maybe when the regular season's happening, there's going to be, I'd imagine this coming season, Danny, there's going to be a lot of moments where I'm going to be like, Hey, I I probably need to hop on the pod. We we need to, we need to have a discussion real quick for 30 (laughs) minutes before I go to bed to wake up at 4am.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think this I think as, as far as launching a new podcast, this is probably about a good or as bad a season as you can imagine. Oh, man. Show. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's get into it here where we spend the first few minutes. just kind of the, the housekeeping stuff. Um, I'm not going to do this in any particular order other than what I have listed here. Uh, this is from GS4000 at HZ46Z, blah, 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 blah would it be better for the team if we gave a bigger role to Nurk like he had before his injury and possibly having Siakam as our second or third guy? Would this benefit the team? I'll let you take this one first because I've got a lot of pieces I want to chew off of this.
2: So if, it, if you're just talking about the CJ Pascal Siakam trade rumor that I think Jake Fisher had, and I'm mm-hmm. sure, Danny, you're going to bring it up with him. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I don't the Jokic wanting to be Jokic 2.0 for him i don't know if i go that far but i i would be totally open to him because he's such a great passer getting the ball more at top and if you're gonna have pascal siakam as an option at the wing uh i think you i think you would take that pascal siakam can play off the ball and by that i mean he's moving he's not just gonna stand there and wait for the other point guard to stop dribbling that's kind of what we have now absolutely i think you would you would savor the moment you get a Pascal Siakam to pair with Damon nerd.
1: Yeah. I kind of blacked out when I saw Pascal Siakam on the team, I was like, wait, did that already happen? Like, you know, <laughs> first of all, I, I don't believe that's possible as the market currently sits. I would, I don't I would, understand why Toronto would want to do that. I don't think CJ would be a part of this team ending up in Toronto. It doesn't no. make sense for that team. They're, they're guard heavy already. Them drafting Scotty Barnes, you were on the draft show. Definitely was a signal of them looking to have Siakam on the market. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that. But CJ McCollum, 29, 30 year old CJ McCollum does, does nothing for them. That's just that doesn't make any sense. Beyond that, I have said pretty regularly, getting Yusuf Nurkic the ball in the middle of the floor is the second best thing the Blazers can do. The first best thing they can do is put the ball in Damian Lillard's hands. It's, that's the cascading effect. <laughs> you know, yep. when, when when you have Nurk making decisions in a short role, more often than not, he's not. Jokic he's not even Draymond in that regard but he is very good and it puts the Blazers in a different and more unique attacking position more often than not you're putting Nurk in a four on three situation so you're just from a a numbers perspective you're operating at an advantage beyond that it gets other guys involved it's less dribbling it's more Nurk I have often said is the guy most likely to want to make a pass first that is his first thought: is make pass. I am Nurk. I make pass. You know, that's 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 the way I look at it, right? I get the ball. I make pass. <laughs> I mean, re- realistically, it's just like he <laughs> likes to get a little saucy with it. That's yeah, what he, he does. does. He
2: does.
1: And so I think that becomes contagious. So getting him the ball and making him or letting him make decisions in the middle of the floor, I think is a beneficial thing. I, I would like to up his usage in that regard because it keeps Damon CJ from from pounding the air out of the ball uh, a little bit more than they should. I think Danny, that's,
2: you're hitting on something there for me. And this has kind of been as long as CJ's here. And honestly, even if CJ leaves, I'd still like to, I I've been clamoring for Damian Lillard to just, I know he's off the ball five possessions a game, but I would, I've been clamoring for that dude to kind of pick up that Steph Curry, rip Hamilton type trade of run in and out of screens, free yourself up, get some miscommunication from the defense. Like, and look he he's an amazing player with the ball so obviously he's been doing a lot of things right but that's the one area that That catch and I shoot's only, pretty
1: nice though too. He has shot the hell out of the ball. Yes. Off ball his whole career.
2: I, I just, I've always wanted to see him do that more. And I'm, I, you know, I'm not going to blame Stotts. It's probably a collective thing. Dame likes to have the rock, but I would love to see That's more off ball
1: stuff from Dame. And here's the thing. And this is a little bit of have your cake and eat it too. Dame yeah. has said, I'd like to play, you know, play like the Warriors. Da, da, da. I would like to have the capacity for you to want to play like the Warriors, Dame. I would yeah. like you to run off ball like Steph. And, and have that willingness to operate like that, but you don't What number one, want to give up the ball. Number no. two, when you give up the ball outside of Yusuf Nurkic, I don't trust anybody else to make the, the correct and right decision regularly to make that kind of offense work. Like, that's yeah. those, are the, it's that everybody's like, oh, you know, you just run a Kerr esque offense. And I'm like, if it was that simple, everybody'd be running a full motion offense. You have multiple Hall of Famers on the floor. Mm-hmm. That's That's the difference. Um, how much do you
2: think? Let me ask you this. Curry probably has this in him anyway because he's amazing. How much of Curry coming into the league along Monte would you say helped him become yeah. so much better off the ball? Like, because okay, monte's is, on
1: ball, so much,
2: yeah, because Monte was yeah. such a ball dominant dude that it was like, okay, well, I'll run around then, I'll get open, and I'm such an amazing shooter. I, you know, I wonder how much of that, like dame came in and he was instantly the point guard for Nick, yeah. for West, for Rolo, for LA. I always wonder how much that helps guys like Steph and Dane come in and need to go off ball versus, hey, come run everything for us right away.
1: I think that's a pretty intrinsic thing as far as, like, what they are. Because if running without the ball was as easy as a lot of people pretend that it is, you would have more guys that are motion shooters in NBA history. Because yeah. it's, everybody's like, oh, well, it's just about work. It's not just about work. It's a big part of it. But when you have to cover that met- – like. You have to have a level of skill and trust and want and desire to do that because you may make a lot of effort and not get that ball back. Like we talk about with Steph, like he runs these guys ragged. Yeah, he does because he spent three years doing it and then getting the ball back. And right. I think that's part of the trade off. Is you you can get guys that will do that, but if they're not rewarded, number one, it's not going to work. If they're not rewarded and then they're not successful, that's the other part of this. Like. For everybody who talks about wanting to do this, there's only one J.J. Redick. There's only one Duncan Robinson. Like Duncan Mm. Robinson's about to get $20 million a year because he's the only dude in the league who shoots the living hell out of the ball and runs four miles a day. Yeah. It's just...
3: If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, Interviews. Every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now tech? you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: If it was that easy, more guys would do it.
2: So yeah. I think the big thing you hit on there too, that second word you used, trust. Mm -hmm. Steph's been in positions where Clay's getting 60 on eight dribbles or Draymond single handed. 12 12 total dribbles in that game. Unbelievable. Or KD's in town, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna be the MVP." And Steph's like, "Cool, I'm just gonna run around and get some threes. Dame has never had that moment really in his career. He going, did
1: early playing with LaMarcus. He did LaMarcus. early. He yeah. all, remember how effective Dame and LaMarcus worked off each other?
2: Yeah, I, I do remember that. That's why I wanted to see it more. But it, you know, he got put in a position where it's like, "Hey, Dame, carry CJ and everybody else, and take us to the playoffs every year." And yeah. how many moments did he have? He's like, "I can't, I can't trust this whole team."
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's a long convoluted way to get to answer this question as far as like elevating nurk listen yeah. i would i would love to elevate nurk i think that's a proper thing to do if they're going to retain him because if they're going to keep him he can't just be a dude like he no, has to no. be featured right you, you got to
2: prioritize him because you either look at resigning him or if it really goes to s but he has a great year being a facilitator maybe there's Intrinsic trade value, right? Because it's an expiring contract anyway. It's so got to no, it's got
1: to be gone at the deadline, you know. It's, it,
2: it's a rental situation, yeah. so either way, I, I would rather see it because you haven't been doing it as much. Yeah.
1: Uh, as far as the Siakam stuff, listen, if Siakam's the, on this team, he'll he'll have higher usage. But I still want Nurk being that pivot point in the middle of the floor. Right, is that kind of where you would sit on it, or?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I I would rather you know Dame continues to do what Dame does, but then he also trusts Nurk more to create plays while Pascal is either going down to the block or he's running around cutting or getting open, open looks from three. That's what I would like to see.
1: All right. This one's going to be a little bit uh, off the beaten path. I, I kind of like mixing these questions in uh, this from uh, Adam Antium at Adam underscore Antium bit based off enjoyment, not skill or how they would mesh. What are your five starting favorite Blazers of all time?
2: Oh, man. So not just necessarily enjoyment. skill, just like just enjoyment
1: uh, Enjoyment or fit.
2: Okay. My number one pick, it's off the beaten path a little bit. It's a controversial one at that, I think. My number one pick, I'm going Rasheed Wallace. Okay. I, You're not that I, far off. I had attitude problems as a kid. I totally related to Rasheed Wallace. I love the, the flagrant foul stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think Rasheed Wallace would be one of the highest paid players at that position if he got to play in this era. Yes. Because he was doing what we love yeah. back then, uh, Rashid would be number, my number one pick. Do you want me to list the next four? Or go, we go, go one by one. No, no,
1: go, go! Give me your four. Like you, you seem to have this one like, like locked and ready to go. Fire, baby.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna go Rashid uh, at the at the four. I'm gonna go Sabas at the five. How okay. did you not love watching yep. Sabas make passes? Uh, number three, I'm going to go J.R. Ryder because again, I listen- you like <laughs> insanity. Okay. Dude, I love insanity and I love dogs, man. I want mm-hmm. dogs on the floor. Uh, number two, number two is a tough one for me, man. Number one has got to be Dame, but okay. the, the two spot.
1: See, this is I, not, this is not tough for me. Uh, I'm going to go be Roy. Attaboy. Okay.
2: Yeah, I want JR, B. Roy, and Dame. I want to see what that is. It's bad, it's awful, but I still want to see what that is.
1: So I did this in the sense I went less off of enjoyment and more about fit. Okay. And and not necessarily the best players. The first two are going to be the best Okay. in, in my mind outside of Dame. And I'm actually not going to take Dame in this group. Which I some some are going to call this sacrilege. So maybe I'll just get okay. that one out of the way first.
2: Well, I think hold on, we need to pause. This is a list, not of saying this is the five that if I made a team of. Blake. It's just
1: it's just like how would you like it as far as like enjoyment, just enjoyment. Because yeah. if I'm doing that, I'm
2: Dame Clyde, like Bill, like you know what I mean. You're you're doing the obvious picks yeah. there. I'm trying to go off a little beaten path. I, of-
1: I am too, and that's the, okay. that's the thing is like I'm talking about like actual <laughs> fit. Yes. And so when I look at this team like actual fit, like how would I want this to work? And I I settled on at the point, and this anybody who knows me, this is going to shock absolutely no one. Andre Miller. Trey Day, baby. I I have been an Andre dude since day one. Yes. I mean, I used to watch Cavs games just to watch Andre, just because I loved Yes. I loved watching this dude who seemingly was smaller, slower, less explosive than anybody, but was just smarter than everybody on the floor and just killed you with his head the entire yes. time. And you're just like, are you kidding me? Over and over and over again. Just, it just blew my mind. And every time I looked at it, it was just like, <sighs> this guy is incredible. Uh, number two. Or I love him at Utah,
2: by the way. Like I when he was playing at Utah. Remember oh oh yeah, in college, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: And then he goes to the Cavs, and I was
2: like, I always hated – I didn't care about the Cavs, but I'm like – They I'm had dope sports. jerseys back then. That was kind of the thing. That yeah, those blue always, and white ones, yeah. right? Those Trill Brandon ones. But I was always like, dude, Andre Miller was my dude. I thought it was dope when he came
1: here. Yeah, so Dre, best lob passer of all time, has one of the most iconic 52-point 52 ga- 52 games of all time. Just ridiculous, you know, two-inch jumpers over and over, <laughs> death by a thousand paper cuts. Um, yeah. And again, at the two, no shock, Brandon. Uh Brandon's my guy uh through and through. Uh, at the three, I kinda wanted I, I was I always had this affinity for Stacy Ogman. Oh,
2: I heard yeah. I heard a great Stacy Ogman story, but I can't share it on the air.
1: No, oh, okay. We'll we'll save that one. That'll oh, be that'll be the Patreon version. <laughs> that, oh man, that you better be paying <laughs> some money for that Patreon version. I love I love stories you just like immediately like, oh, like yeah. I've got some, when we get done, I've got Birdman stories that will blow your mind. Uh, um, I love the elbow pads. Stacey Armand on the elbow. The plastic man, dude. He's just, yeah, he man. was that dude. And I'm going to cheat and I'm going to put Sheed at the four. Or yeah. excuse me, Sheed she, she at the five. Okay. Um, like the whole idea of like Rasheed Wallace playing alongside Brandon Roy was just something like, like just sits in my head so well because Sheed never wanted to be the number one. And Brandon was so clearly the yep. dude. Like, if you're talking about fit, so you've got a number one, you've got a number two, you've got a table setter, you've got a defender, and now you're like, I need an offensive wild card, offensive wild card. And I'm just like, Cliff Robinson at the five in today's NBA would just have been an absolute just masterpiece.
2: Can I – you made me. Uncle Cliffy was – ahead of his time i'm taking jr out give me uncle
1: cliff because that's the thing is you could legitimately slide cliff from three to five anywhere yeah he was what 610 but 610 sh- put the ball on the floor run the floor it, poor We're rebounder dead. but I, I don't give a damn like it's just it would have <laughs> just been such a fun team like just imagine dre running a floor brandon roy on one wing and you had rashid wallace stacy ogwin and cliff robinson running the floor with you It'd be insane just three six ten dudes who can all basically play like three, four, five. Yeah. Yep. Um Well, I guess August was what, six, six, eight, but he just six felt eight. six, ten because he had, you know, seven foot two wingspan. Um, but yeah, that's a fun one. Appreciate that one. Uh, we're going to loop back here. We've already kind of hit on it, but I well, I think we'll kind of hit on it here a little more largely from Josh Bullock at jab Aspie. Is there a report from the athletic about talks between the Raptors and Blazers about a Siakam for CJ plus anything to be excited about. I mean, yeah.
2: <laughs> the deal itself. I mean, getting Pascal Siakam alongside Damian Lillard. Uh, and I know Siakam, you know, is he a one? Probably not, but Pascal Siakam all day over what you currently have. He's
1: better than CJ McCullough.
2: It's not even,
1: it's not even a contest. Yeah,
2: It's six, eight. It's athletic. It's do everything. Play off the ball, play with the ball, go get a last shot. Don't get a last shot. Like, Pascal Siakam and I know the reports him and Nick nurse had some weird spat kind of at the end there, but I'll take Pascal Siakam all day to play with Damian Miller. Are you kidding me? We need that. What have we been asking for wings, athletic
1: wings? Ben Simmons is the best player you can get with CJ McCollum. If it, if it were to happen, Pascal Siakam is the next closest. Yes. Yes. And, and does he have a little bit of, of a wart, so to speak, with some of his game? Sure, not the best handle in the world. A little bit of an inconsistent shooter. He's a six foot nine hybrid three four five that can do everything. It's mm-hmm. it's the most valuable position in the league is the big bodied wing, and Portland has quite literally not had one in over a decade. Like the closest they have had to anything remotely like that is Lamarcus, and he's more of the four five as opposed to the three four. Yeah. So, yeah, it's if if they're and now as far as getting excited about it, I will say this.
2: I'm not ready. I'm not there yet.
1: Yeah. And we'll, uh, like you said, we'll, we'll, we'll talk if you're listening now, you can flip over to the other version and or the other pod and you can hear me with Jake Fisher. and We'll talk about this specifically. We're recording this before. I've talked to Jake, but I'm going off of my own intel. I don't expect Portland to land Simmons or Siakam. But if they do, it will be because the market's. For both those guys, has dried up. That it is less than those teams want it to be for, and it will take seven, ten, twelve days. So August tenth, eleventh, twelfth. If we're around that time and those guys are still with their teams, and Ben Simmons and Clutch are sitting there like, "Get me the bleep out of Philadelphia!" I am not showing up because there's no way he can go back to Philly. They can't play that game right now. No. It's just, it's it's too untenable. So the, the package between what more he's asking for versus what they're going to ultimately get is going to be a pretty large gap, in my opinion. But I still think they're going to get something. Now, the Siakam stuff, it's not nearly as toxic. Masai has done a better job of managing whatever has happened with that situation. But I do believe that it is untenable, uh, but not irreconcilable. Mm-hmm. So you you may be able to get him to play good soldier. But how thrilled is he going to be knowing that his heir apparent was just drafted? Right. So um, do I think that there's smoke there? No, but I could definitely see some sticks being rubbed together and you could see a spark in the distance.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed.
2: I guess I, I just, I, when I read that, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Cause it, it basically, the report says they've talked, but not like extensive yeah. deep talks. I, I, I get why Portland would want to, I don't know why Toronto would want CJ. Cause they're still. They'd have
1: to reroute him somewhere else.
2: They'd have to right because yeah. there's a rumor about Lowry doing the Stein and trade with Simmons. I don't know if that's going to happen because Miami's doing all kinds of big moves to bring in a guy like Kyle Lowry, but. If Lowry Simmons is still a thing, that makes sense to me because you're going with the six ten guard who's going to have kickout targets versus running with Fred Van Vliet and CJ McCollumite, and then get rid of get rid of Siakamite. I guess I don't even with Scotty Barnes, I don't really understand that kind of build.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know as far as like the whole idea of of keeping some of their older guys. I think that they would, as far as I have understood it, the discussions that have taken place that have involved Siakam or Simmons have been a swap for those two guys. Now, CJ might end up routed to Philadelphia as a part of this, mm-hmm. and, I, and I don't know if that is different from uh, direct discussions that Toronto has had with Portland and with Philadelphia removed. I, that's been the biggest problem with CJ, is that there's not a lot of one-for-one swaps that make sense. There are plenty of three-team deals where you can like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. But, I mean, how often have we seen the you L'shea know, be able to you know, land a big three-team deal? Well, and didn't, you know, I'll give credit, Eric
2: Gunderson, I think, tweeted something before the pod was like not to put the cart in front of the horse, but when was the last trade we heard about from the Blazers before they made it?
1: Yeah. You you don't typically You, you might don't. hear about it of a lesser guy just because their agents sure. trying to, you know, generate a little bit of something spicy, but other than that, no, that doesn't happen. And that's as we're recording here Sunday night, um, I have been poking and prodding and trying to find free agency noise, and it is quiet. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I think tomorrow's going to be a pretty, pretty damn explosive. So uh, not necessarily for Portland, but just in general, I think we're going to hear a lot of news dump real quick. All right. On to the next one. Mark Hakes at Hakes. Mark, is Noel the best backup center that we can get in free agency? What do you think? Is Nerlens Noel when you're talking about who's available out there? Where does he sit on your board?
2: I think he's up there because I I actually like Nerland's Noel. Like, you know, is it the game changing move? Probably not. But I mean, for a backup center role, he's going to play defense. He has some experience, you know, kind of knowing how to fit in with teams despite his offensive deficiencies. Uh, yeah, I, I I like Nerland's Noel. I don't know if I give him the clear cut number one. I'd have to go back and look at the entire list of centers. But of, of backup center options, Nerland's Noel is up there for me for sure. Because what did Neil say we need to address? It was defense
1: Yeah well defense and, and big cause Especially with you lost Zach for nothing
2: Yeah he's gone Yeah, he's over That's And Quick told us that right He wasn't yeah. going to extend the qualifying offer that's official now
1: So yeah of of options out there For backup centers Nerland's Noel I would really like that they, There's two things that they need to prioritize Defense and athleticism Because they put the Least defensive least athletic Front court probably in the NBA And that's yeah. not hyperbole Ennis Cantor, Carmelo Anthony is drastically underwhelming in both athleticism and, and defense. And I think you're going to see a hard correction, uh, And whether that means like a Willie Cauley-Stein type. Uh, uh-huh. I, he, was, he was on the list, but he's been picked up in Dallas, his $4.1 million option. I tweeted out, you know, that's one less guy. Even if it's not somebody that Portland ultimately would have landed, you want a few more guys in the market because if there's more guys, there's more fish in the barrel. You can go out and maybe land one. Uh, Noel is getting plenty of interest. Bobby Portis is probably re-signing in Milwaukee. PJ Tucker is probably re-signing in Milwaukee. So, these big-bodied end of bench wings, these backup fives, they're they're becoming slimmer and slimmer and slimmer before free agency even starts. I definitely put Noel up there as far as uh, somebody who would make sense for Portland uh, in a in a big overhaul sense.
2: Let me uh, throw a couple names at you real quick. Mm-hmm. How would Bismack Biyombo make you feel?
1: Not terrible. Yeah, I honestly, Gorgi Jang is a name that I have yeah, on the list. I'm
2: seeing that list, yeah. What about
1: how much do you think Kaminsky's going for? He'll get maybe a. No, he won't get BAE. He'll get a vet man. He got played off the floor in the finals. He did get played. He got. Off. He, he's he's perfectly capable as a regular season backup pick. Yeah, like he he's a solid playmaker. He can get you a little bit of offense, and he's a legit seven footer. But he's just. He's unplayable in the playoffs. When you're talking about having to guard anybody in space, yeah,
2: yeah. I'm looking at this list right now, man. There's, you know, Howard supposedly wants to go back. To He's going to a- go
1: back to LA. as last I yeah. heard,
2: you're not, you're not bringing Giles. I like Gordie Jang. I, Yeah, the list isn't amazing. I, I think Nerlens Noel is for sure in your top three of guys you yeah. take on. Yeah, and not
1: only that, like, I've, I've been working on this for a couple weeks now. I've got a piece coming out breaking down. Um, what I used to do about Damian Lillard every year was like how can he improve? And one of the biggest issues that they've had is Dame has been a subpar interior passer um to what extent it's kind of actually mind-blowing um when you stack him up against the next generation guards um uh, having a no excuse rim runner like Nerlens Noel could go some way to alleviating that but even when you watch the premiere like uh Hostage dribble guards, the jaws, the trays, the Lucas, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons. Like, there's such a distinct difference in how they attack in those areas, but they also do have legitimate rim running, rim running threats. So if Portland was able to yeah. get one of those guys, and that's the other thing. There's gonna be minutes there because you can you can't rely on Yusuf Nurkic to play all 82. So right. N- Nerlens is a guy you could also who could anchor your defense for 15 games a year, and you're not gonna bat an eye. You're going mm-hmm. to lose some offensive production. He doesn't have the best hands, all those things. But, yeah, if they could get Nerlens Noel for a TPMLE, well done. Well done.
2: Yeah, you just hope you're not losing Nurk for the amount of time you lost him this past year because then I think you're into – You start squinting a little bit. Yeah, that's like it's a little too much time for Nerlens to be the starter because he's not going to give a lot to you offensively.
1: No, but, if you know, but, hey, remember, three-guard lineup, really good offensive rating. <laughs>
2: You know we checked the numbers, Jace, and uh, quite amazing actually.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, if you squint real hard on a Tuesday with when you have bacon and eggs for breakfast, they're really good. Uh, you know, that grease <laughs> God, I just hate that stuff. I know. Uh, I all right, so here's another one. From Matthew at Rev Romulus, should I be more concerned Neil won't find a way to trade CJ, or that Norm won't re-sign with the Blazers? I'm deliberately ignoring Dame being traded as a possibility. Um, uh, yeah, I'll let
2: you start. You got stuff on that. I I think this is a fairly easy one to m- mentally prepare yourself for it not to happen. This is an easy one for me, but I'll let you. Start. Yeah,
1: it's you should be more concerned with you Neil know, not being able to trade CJ. That's the bigger, like. Norm not being re signed is a massive problem. And it signals um Dame Dame gone. Not being able to trade CJ is Dame Gone and you're stuck with CJ probably for his contract without having to like give up picks and get off him later to yeah. download. Like that's that's the difference. You, you, like the level and rebuild changes. <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, this goes, we'll get into the Norm stuff, I'm sure, but, like, I, I still am, like, kind of puzzled. I've randomly been thinking about this. I'm, like, at Fred Meyer, and I'm, like, thinking about this. Like, why would Norm want to sign if CJ's back? Yeah. Well, he, he could want this or that, and I'm sure they're going to pay more money than most teams, but that there's still so much hinging on it that to, like, to, to, to that listener's point, I would be much more concerned about not trading CJ because I, I'm not convinced he's trading CJ.
1: I I don't believe he's fully committed to the idea of doing it. it just what?
2: With- Let me ask you this: What happened? This could just simply be a he had no leverage, and he thought he did, but it was very obvious that he didn't once they got eliminated. What changed from Jason Quick reporting? He was, I think, he said eighty-five percent. He was like some high high percentage sure that they were trading CJ to his latest hit on our station 1080 saying nah nah like I, I want to know in that span Oof. where what Neil heard, learned, etc. to the go market. from oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna trade him to I'm running him back. I because basically market. he's been telling us he has no trade
1: out there. Yeah, the market. That's what it was the market was everybody's like oh you know i could see cj for simmons if you know well maybe if the the 76ers include tyble and i'm like i'm sorry what did you say the 76ers are including something else in that package it's portland yeah. offering like Six- why would the sixers give up tyble for cj before the simmons stuff where he went sideways in that series i had somebody ask me what is like what is a logical offer for portland to make for Ben Simmons. And keep in mind, before all of this, Simmons was arguably the best defender in the NBA. Uh, I thought he was defensive player of the year this yes. year, man. I watched
2: a lot of his games. He was he's, amazing.
1: He's phenomenal. He, he, yeah. In my mind, he is the best defender in the NBA. Like, yep. What he can do is unbelievable. But when you take a look at him, multi-time All-Star, all-NBA defensive team, likely best defensive player in the league, and at the time he was 24 years old. And then somebody said, what would you give up for, for Ben Simmons? I go, CJ in three first-round picks. And then he things went sideways, and they're like, oh, you can get him straight up. And I'm like, no, you can't. No, you can't. You, you cannot go get a 25-year-old most valuable defender in the league for 30-year-old CJ McCullough. No, you can't. He would have to nuke his value so much in order for that to actually happen, which yeah. that could happen. <laughs> like like that could happen, but straight across in, in, in a normal world, yeah. no. No, that can't happen. So, yeah, I, I just look at that stuff and it's just like, it's frustrating. It's 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 that his values decline. And this actually, that actually leads into the next question, I think, really well. And this drives some people crazy, but. I think it's a good question when you're taking, like, when you're looking at it holistically, like where the blades are at right now. This is from Tony at PNW underscore Roots. With hindsight being twenty twenty, what CJ trade should have been done year for who? Then what subsequent opportunities would have existed? Basically, he's he's going full Loki here and looking for the alternate timeline.
2: Oh yeah, great show by the way. Oh, um, fantastic.
1: Well, I, look,
2: this might be our first disagreement. I'm looking forward to your answer on this. Uh, The the trade that never happened, that should have, without hesitation, was Paul George. Okay, Look, Kawhi Leonard was out there. Paul George was the trade because you were getting two, three years ahead of the C.J. McCollum contract situation of landing and committing yourself to four or five years with that dude. Paul George could have been had by the Indiana Pacers for C.J. McCollum, maybe Nurkic, but a bunch of assets along with C.J., and all the reports suggest Neil tried, but basically wouldn't give up CJ. He should have identified it in that moment. 15, 20,
1: 27. Oh Those my are the God. picks that he put down. Paul George in a heartbeat for CJ
2: and some picks. Would he have stayed in Portland?
1: Maybe not. But he if stayed they in Oklahoma City.
2: If they would have won, and I think they would have, because Dame is a last-second shot guy. Paul is good for most of the game. Like, I think that would have been an amazing pairing. Yeah. But Paul George, to me – Because I don't know the full details of the Jimmy Butler stuff. Paul George, to me, is the one that I look back and go, you missed your shot, man. That was your shot for a 6'10 wing.
1: You had him. You had Jimmy. And as much as I like those, I don't – even if they made CJ available, I don't know if Pritchard was still willing to not screw Paul over. That's
2: very – I mean, it's very possible. I would totally not dismiss that
1: either, that Kevin was like, dude, I'm not taking this 503 phone call. Yeah, no, and that's – that was – for everybody wondering, that was a thing. Like oh. <laughs> it's now with PA gone, I don't know how much that exists now, but that it was a problem. So in that regard, the the time that I would have done it was the time when I had the most leverage and the most control. And that's a few months later. 2017 draft. cj's value is still very high very high at that point in time there's still that well he could have one more gear left you know you've still mm-hmm. yeah okay i could talk myself into this 20 25 26 year old cj McCollum. yeah i can yep. talk myself into that you've got that you take that pick and you take donovan mitchell and, and everybody who's ever questioned this about me saying this anybody and everybody who was there that night the 500 people at, at at spirit of 77 when we hosted the draft show i was livid when they took collins <laughs> i was i, I would i had a microphone in my hand and i went what the <laughs>
2: dropped an f-bomb in the oh, bar oh yeah
1: on the mic i yeah. was because i i actually announced it before it went live because i had somebody tip me yeah that was going to be the pick and I didn't re- I had the mic just kind of like right here like hey we got you know Blazers coming up and I you know as the as the phone went off and I was like you've got to be kidding me. What was the bar reaction? Huh? Ugh. Oh, it like it was it wasn't pin drop. It was a, just a full on like eyebrow raise. Uh We were waiting what? for Collins. We were waiting for Bam. We were waiting OG. for Donovan.
2: Yeah, OG like we were expecting one of those and he traded him for Zach Collins who he just declined to give a qualifying offer to for 7 million. He yeah. called him he Danny, he called him a
1: franchise cornerstone. Block. No, cornerstone. Cornerstone. And it was and he was a hybrid of, I know this because I've quoted it more times than I ever care to. He is a hybrid of of Lamar Lamarcus Aldridge Rasheed Wallace and Kevin McHale. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was the plug that night. And he
2: couldn't give him the 7 million qualifying offer going into this last year because he's not been good or healthy. Like,
1: and this is like, this isn't a revisionist history thing. I, You can go on Twitter. You can see everything that I wrote over and over and over again. That was a questionable pick. It's not revisiting his history. You hit Donovan Mitchell,
2: but it's not revisiting. We talked about this on our radio show. People were like, it it better not be. Like we had people like it better not be Zach Collins. He's rumored to be around there too. And I'm like, I I always thought, no, no, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. Quick was talking about how Neil loved. Mitchell because he's 6'3, he's got
1: like a 6'10 wingspan, he's got big old hands. And I'm like, okay, maybe they go Donovan trade CJ. No. Even my thought in that time period has always been this. Even if Donovan Mitchell is only 75% of CJ McCollum, you're gonna get 75% of CJ McCollum at $4 million, as opposed to at the time $24 million. And you could take and move CJ for a Jimmy Butler for a Paul George. Like let's 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 rewind to that time period. If is OKC a little bit antsy and like I don't know if PG's gonna resign. I don't know if he wants to be here long term. Uh does CJ and somebody get it done? And now you've got a, a core of of Dame Donovan and Paul George? <laughs> Your finances are infinitely better. You're team positioning is infinitely better and that's Dude, this whole thing it's it's you're straight making me depressed pa- i'm not going to lie part of the reason i tweeted out a couple hours ago what portland currently has under contract and what tools they have available to them was to drive home the point of just how blatantly screwed they are currently and tell me this
2: like i didn't pick jimmy but let's run the scenario that he gets he trades CJ for Jimmy Butler at one of those two turning points since when Jimmy was getting traded. When is he was there, available, available. When he him. was available, teams was like, hey, this dude's not good for us. We need yeah. to dump him. What is there a better city for a guy named Jimmy Butler who loves coffee and probably would have fitted perfectly with the scene here? Like, could you imagine? And is an actual Butler? legit
1: grinder, like grinder by like Dame and him yes. are on the same level when it comes to putting in yes. work. He's a bulldog. He doesn't care yep. about the
2: bullshit. He wants hard work from other teammates. Yep. I can totally see this guy shirtless in the Willamette on a jet ski in the summer. <laughs> like, yeah, we just got to the West finals, baby. We're winning the chip. Like it was a easy. Fit.
3: easy. And he just
2: punted on it and said, oh, I'm going to run this with six, three guards. Let's do it.
1: It's mind blowing. And this and for everybody who wants to talk about, again, not just the CJ stuff, but just revisionist history, well, it takes two GMs. Dog, you've had a decade. I'm so tired. Like I, I I typically try to stay out of the comments for like being too divisive on either my own articles or stuff like that on Blazers Edge. But there are things like, if you're still making those excuses in year 10, I just don't have the time or the patience for you. You can't get anything done if you're
2: using that as a crutch. No,
1: I just – I can't. I can't do – I, I – you're, you're starting or having a discussion that I cannot take part in. Like I, I can't be open to that because you have seen a literal decade of basic asset malfeasance regularly. The biggest chips he has ever had, LaMarcus Aldridge, the 2016 cap space, the 2017 drafts, every single time he has had a blue chip prospect ability in his hand. He has screwed it up. And so, well, what about Damian Lillard? I'm like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll give you Damian Lillard after oh, Chad Buchanan did a year's stop. one leg work. Stop.
2: Everybody knows what that was. By the way, he was a top six pick. Let's stop acting like he was some diamond in yeah. the rough that nobody else was going to. The, the
1: real one legitimately is CJ. He CJ, did. Yeah, he did do really well quick. for Giannis was not the guy that everybody thinks he is now. Like there, we were, saw that picture. There were a couple of GMs that were high on the ability of what he could be in five years. If if we were to give listeners who missed that
2: picture on the finals an idea, the the side by side between Giannis being drafted and Giannis now was six foot nine, one
1: hundred and eighty five pounds.
2: It was Danny as drafted Giannis, and then this was me Giannis in the finals. <laughs> this is that's what it looked like, yeah. and it was like whoa. Yeah, and yeah. give Milwaukee credit for that, but still, it's like who's to see four inches growing? Four and inches like and fifty-five pounds, sixty-five pounds? pounds of yeah. raw. Does that dude have more than three percent body fat? No way. He's like that dude, freak. it's,
1: it's unbelievable. Guy. It's it's dumb. Like it's, but the track record is what it is, and I hate like hitting on this over and over and over again. But I feel like that's what this is gonna be for the next couple months. Is just like remember. This is where the team is at. These are the options available to them. Here's what it's going to look like. Like, we're we're a month away from legitimately talking about like Michael Beasley and Emmanuel Mudiay being rotation players.
2: He's going for the summer league championship. It's not I know just that. that.
1: I will I I will bet you whatever they're both going to make it. I was going to say I I'm I'm trying to figure out what what the line is here. Give me a second. I think they're going to add a third veteran to this group. Why is he at her in veterans? Like, what's he doing for the summer? Like, why? I mean, why did he say that Anthony Tolliver and the ghost of Paul Gasol were, were the deepest team he'd ever had?
2: To sell tickets.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. But Emmanuel Mudiay, I mean, like, I, I don't need to see Emmanuel Mudiay. I know how bad he is. I'm I'm trying to. Th- so they're going to have, I, I think they're going to have three vets. They've got Moutier, they've got Beasley, and I think there's going to be a third vet to be named later.
2: Danny, we know what this is going to be. It's I'm going to add some bets, and people are going to watch them, and they're going to go, I don't know, man. Beasley was dominating Summer League. I think you need the rotational
1: <laughs> player, and Neil's going to be uh-huh. like, huh? Yep, exactly. I like. I I think I want to put the number at one and a half. One and a half players in Summer League,
2: being on the rack. being rock. active
1: oh. rotation yeah. players.
2: Oh my god! And I'm gonna take the over. Well, then I'm gonna be drinking a lot of Jack Ramsey's this, this coming season. I'll tell you that much right now.
1: I'm I'm gonna take the over on that. where where are you? Where would you sit on that? Would you take the? I'm over? gonna I'm gonna
2: take the under, man. Forget you. Forget your crazy conspiracies. I'm gonna say he signs Beasley because he'll make it make sense. And there's. Beasley's the new mellow. Redemption tour. How is he tour. bringing in Emmanuel Moutier? What am I missing here? Am I going crazy? Am I the one not watching NBA basketball? Hey, fr- hey, listen,
1: man. New, new is out there. Nilakina's option didn't get picked up. Oh so, my goodness. Uh, Nilakina's a guy. Oh, I shouldn't say his option. His qualifying offer has not been picked up.
2: He's gonna cite that night that Beasley
1: got MVP chance in the Garden, but like, Chase, Chase, he was getting MVP chance. Yeah. And it's funny because he's 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 actually like lesser mellow in that he's as bad or maybe worse as a playmaker, but doesn't have the shooting ability.
2: But I tell he you what. He was one that everybody thought was going to hit, man. Like everybody yeah. like I mean, Jesus he,
1: he killed at K-State. I mean, Jesus, he yeah. was a monster. I mean, he could score yeah. on anybody. But, yeah, yeah it's – it's rolling this back to the, the the CJ discussion part of this. 2017 was the, was the year for me. That 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 draft it just opened up so many doors. And I I said at the time, between 2016 and 2017 draft, and I said it. And this is not to like shit on Zach. They have failed so miserably in the past year that this will be felt for years to come. Yeah and then it was
2: me so. me and uh me and the homie Richmond. we're gonna do a random pod ranking our five like what's your five moments of neil's tenure that you think have screwed or put the organization in this spot where they potentially could lose dame mm-hmm. and spoiler alert i've told mike and he kind of disagreed but i told him it's the 2017 draft it's not even a contest you like, can
1: make a very very good argument
2: it's the pick it's the not moving the pick it's the asset you ended up Picking any like you just you made so many mistakes that night and I think that's really doomed them. I mean, imagine this team getting nothing from LaMarcus
1: that. and giving CJ his deal a year early and not trading him. I think those Mike, are, Mike said that one. Yeah, I think yeah. I think those those are like the four, and then you kind of just put them in whatever order you like. But even if you don't love the Dame CJ partnership, you know what's good, but you don't love it. Imagine them with Bam. Yeah. Bam. Hell, you can take the lesser guys in that list. You know, air quotes, the non-all stars like Bam and, and Donovan and John Collins and OG. And they might John be a, a, a better the playoffs. fit. I mean, watching like again, watch the, the video work that I was doing for Dame. I watched a ton of Trey and yeah. possession after possession of what he did with John Collins like I know Dame is not the level of lob passer or or or, or just passer in general that Trey is Trey's got a great feel it's just so intrinsic and natural it's unbelievable yeah. to watch but even with that like what John Collins can do it's just and I had questions about Collins's defense, and his offense got even better. But just on a profile, he's just so much. I, I can't do this. I can't. I can't go down this path because it's so freaking painful. Well, don't worry. Uh, we got
2: Greg Brown. We're coming back, baby. Yeah, baby. Back.
1: Listen, Greg, Greg Brown and, and Trenton Watford are out here catching strays for being second round and two way guys, and I'm like, oh, let's leave those guys alone. Let's check Yeah, they're out not. They're I mean, they're this. young guys trying to make their way in league. Like We're they're just to trying to get get the bag, man. Like let leave let them be. If you want to bash Good somebody, eye.
2: bash Neil. We won't, we won't, I won't die on this pod or anything. I'm, I'm not going to dive in with people and argue if somebody is a kid getting drafted in the second round. If he's let's crap on, I'm not trying to crap on a player. No, so let him dive. go get
1: his guaranteed money and try to make a yes. living. Leave him the hell alone.
2: Right. I'm more upset by the dude making the pick than I am the pick.
1: Yes. Um We're going to, pivot back to norm here real quick blazer fan 72 aka jason for pdx at Hecubus 01 what does a three-year lucrative deal for norm look like are we talking max money or just below it i'll i'll take this one quick because it's not gonna be max money yeah but i've heard from three different people today who have had decent intel in the past that i don't trust uh, exclusively but i think they're in the ballpark and i've heard anywhere from 24 to 26 I think twenty six is on the high side, and I think that may be the agent pumping a little bit of, a little bit of goodness in that regard. So, but I, I do expect it to be front loaded.
2: Three or four.
1: I three years is I think ultimately where it lands at. If you
2: front load it with what he's at twenty six in the I first, I think twenty six
1: in the first end up probably eighteen, nineteen in the third. Manageable, yeah. It's it, it's a slightly more expensive Aaron Gordon deal. Which it, yeah, and I, I think
2: if they sign norm, even if they run it fully back and it doesn't work, which we know it won't, <laughs> when game asks out, it's gonna be easily tradable. Like some team will the, go, okay, especially 18,
1: 19, 18 yeah. million for 31-year-old Norman Powell, like yeah. on an expiring deal, you can you can talk yourself into that.
2: Okay. Now I have to do a follow-up to that question. I think that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Assuming they run it back and sign norm, to you. Where, who, what number is he at team wise? Is he your number three? Should he be your number two? Seems a little blasphemous cause CJ, but you know, I'm like, where do you put him on that pecking order? Cause Nurk wants more touches. Dame ain't changing anything. And CJ here, This is... he's going to continue to
1: operate as is like, does Norm realize he's going to be the fourth option on many games? And that's, that's the thing where I think when you look at this team, as far as importance, Dame is obviously number one. I think Nurk has been the second most important player on this team for a couple years. People have, have said, you know, that they don't agree. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. He has to carry the defensive burden. Like he has been that guy when he has been healthy. He is also their, their second best creator or playmaker. I think those those two things elevate him in that regard. Yeah. I don't think they need CJ's level of shot creation with Damon Nurk. And so I would probably elevate Norm above CJ in importance, but not pecking order. So Nurk's touches probably end up being less than CJ's, but the timing and importance of touches for Nurk is higher for me. But either way, Norm's still sliding in at three or four in shots per game. Three he can probably live with. Four he's probably going to Chauncey like, hey coach, we got to figure this, the bleep out. Like it's well, just- who's to
2: stop CJ from doing that if he slips to a three or four
1: situation? I don't think he'll as long as he's here because he's Neil's guy. Like to me, CJ is more Neil's guy than Dame is Neil's guy. Like, oh like yeah, C- CJ is the is is the golden you know Raiders of the Lost Ark type you know stuff that's just sitting there that you know Neil can't stare at.
2: Look, Dave or Dame is Neil's stepson, and CJ is his real son. Yeah. Like yeah. we we know that's how he yeah i love my steps so he's great also but, have you seen
1: my son christian come over here <laughs> yeah dame is dame Dalla. cj <laughs> is christian james christian james <laughs> christian james Chris <laughs> james never, never never cj it's great i mean i always I say it's not true but i would love it that he actually did that
2: yeah
1: <laughs> i know um Jeremy Kreklow at Strife. Who's the best player Portland could trade for and receive an and trade that would maximize Damian Lillard? So you're, you're you're hard capping yourself. So you're talking about a potential free agent and you're likely trading either CJ or a combination of like Nurk and Cove or Cove. What was and the things. question again? Re- rephrase the question. But who's the best player that the Blazers could trade for that would be an and trade? That would maximize Damian Lillard. Oh my God! Wow. You're gonna
2: have to carry the load on this one. Well, I, I... mean,
1: it's, I, I don't think there's a free agent free agent like unless you're talking about like Kawhi, which he's gonna, not getting Kawhi. Well, they're not, and he's gonna re-sign a two-year deal with the Clippers and and yep. get like a mini max. That's yep. that's like the worst kept secret in the NBA that this is basically planned since 2019. <laughs> This is Which, by the, this way, the, the LeBron Clippers, path of maximizing money.
2: It absolutely is. And I understand the player side of it. I, The Clippers, I'm kind of like, I get why you're doing it. You I'm getting kind of on. tired
1: of it as far as like covering it.
2: Well, right, and also we traded everything. Can we get a solid more? Can we get bigger commitments and
1: two-year deals here? There, there needs to be like a legal way to deal with this. Yes, instead of absolutely. like everybody knowing what's going on and then everybody like, nope, nothing, nothing untoward happening here. Like Rodney Hood getting a ten million dollar offer after blowing out his Achilles. Like,
2: dude, I loved. Oh my god, that's such a Neil move. I love today watching the news drop of Miami not picking up Iguodala's fifteen million dollar year. And then uh, getting that agreement with Goran Dragic basically lining things up and people are like,
1: yeah, we see what's going on. Weird. It's almost like, huh, mm-hmm. that's exactly enough money for a Kyle Lowry sound- signing and trade and a, DeMar- plus- and a DeMar DeRozan <laughs> mid-level exception. Huh.
2: Weird. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, Lowry, DeRozan, Butler, Bam. Duncan. Wow. You think Duncan's coming back? Watch yeah. out, Brooklyn. Watch out, Milwaukee. Listen, they be it's a the team be full of a-holes and a dude who shoots the living hell out
1: of the ball. Dude,
2: that Miami-Milwaukee series would be amazing. a bloodbath. It'd be a oh, bloodbath. Great. Brooklyn
1: would hate that because they just grind possessions into dust.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brooklyn's not about that, I think. No. And I don't really trust Brooklyn to be healthy in that situation either. Giannis and Jimmy go
1: full on. You oh low, yo, oh yeah, no, sign oh. me up for that I, I love oh. watching those two guys go at it Me too, because they're the ultimate They're yeah. ultimate competitors Who are
2: dogs and will do any and everything To make their team win I love when you get superstar buy-in like yep. that
1: And I wonder if we get like I hate doing this Because it puts him on that level But he is LeBron level like Recommitment Like tasting that first title Like when oh. he, when, when the, he got that first one in Miami you, when it came back the next year, that was, that was his best year ever.
2: That was his greatest year. That's the best LeBron yep. I've ever watched in my life.
1: Playing at 305 pounds, just annihilating everything in sight. Like, is Damn. Giannis going to be that guy? Like I had, I tasted it. I want it again. You know? Well,
2: how about, you know, I think there's a, a ripple effect there too. It's not just, is Giannis going to have that? Middleton now knows he's that, he's, dude he's that, that dude. Style. Yeah. Drew holiday made a huge impact and he couldn't have played worse offensively. How good what is, is he? he four of to 17 top? in game six. It was awful, but like, how big was he on defense and coming up with big stops, huge lobs Like,
1: gets the strip on book and and makes the play of the series. And dude, there's always stuff. I, I look for those even more so than the superstar because, like, if those guys have
2: belief, the superstar. For and sure they don't does. want out.
1: They want to stay. That's that's the yes. other part. Like, it's not like the NFL where you know everybody wins a Super Bowl and. Everybody goes and gets their money, right? Unless it's Tom Brady and the Bucks, and they bring back all twenty-two starters. That's a different. That's a different podcast, though.
2: Every that's coach, that's too,
1: good. by the way. Yeah, that's that's the Jacked Bucks podcast that'll be coming next. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's the Steve Young podcast <laughs>
1: But yeah, as far as like signing trades, I just there's there's nobody out there for Portland. Like, you could talk me into Spencer Dinwiddie. You could talk, like, I. I made a, a, a fake trade uh, two years ago. I said, listen, I would absolutely unequivocally trade C.J. McCollum for Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis Levert. And this is before yeah. Levert broke out. Dinwiddie was like, he was looking like a sixth man. I was like, ah, that's, that's not enough. That's not enough. Right now, that would be such a tremendous overpay for C.J. McCollum. It's out of this world. It's so, like, I could see, like, if you trust in Dinwiddie's health because he's a big, he, he's not the shooter that C.J. is, but he's much bigger He's you know a whole six 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 seven, uh, a bit more of an initiator. He he might even be willing to come off the bench. Like if you signed him, like if you did a sign and trade to CJ for for Dinwiddie, if you could work the money out and you retain Norm, I mean you you're hard capped hard capped at that point in time. But if you could make this work, you know dollar for dollar, let's say in theory, yeah. And you had Spencer being willing to be your super six man like the Ginobili play 33 a night, but off the bench Yeah, and you ran Dame norm, get your uh, TP MLE, small forward Cove Nurk, but you had Dinwiddie, but, but Spencer's
2: going to be on your closing lineup. That's yeah. what you tell him. You're like, Hey, be our six man, but you're our closing lineup. Cause
1: he, he could potentially be big enough to legitimately play some three. Is like, he six, seven? He's six, 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 seven. He's yeah. He's, he's, he's a bigger dude. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Yeah. Um, but you'd have somebody who could no doubt run your, your team. I just, I think it's a little bit of a wonky fit, but I could be talked into it. That's probably as far as I go with a sign and trade coming to Portland.
2: Do You think he would be upset if I became the guy every night on the conference call or the press conference asking about Bitcoin, just asking crypto questions. Not even like he dropped 30 in a game or he dropped only 10. And I'm just like, Hey, Spencer, what do you my, think your top
1: well, shot is worth on Ethereum right now?
2: My, my blockchain right now is up 20,000. Should I sell or do you think I should hold out? Like,
1: I would, all honestly, he's the kind of guy that would legitimately entertain it. He that's would probably the, love it, right? That, that would be the best, like, that would be the best part about it, to be yeah. honest, like that we wouldn't have eight dudes talking about their wine. We'd have at least like four dudes talking about wine and at least one Bitcoin, bro. Like right, yeah. a little bit of diversify your assets
2: and the shit you talk about. Well, and also don't tell me we can't acquire them by a sign and trade. The dude wants to be paid in crypto. And now the blazer sponsors on their jerseys, oh, the crypto oh company. Oh my
1: God. You just.
2: It's wow. all lining, what it's, it's, what it's all all lining, lining up now. G- and Gunnarsson and I can they tweet out that eyeball. Just that third eyeball. eye it
1: now. Oh my God. We, we're going to have to tweet that. That's going to be the headline for, for this. Right. Is somehow like. Spencer Dinwiddie, Third Eye, like just I'll, I'll just do a little design with was it Storm X, Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie, and Trailblazers, like draw it into like a triangle. Just, just do just,
2: the Photoshop and tweet at the picture to him, and he'll probably. You guys are wild for this one, man.
1: I mean, we'll we'll make it happen. By uh, the way,
2: totally missed opportunity. If you're doing a Bucks podcast and it's not called Brad Johnson's elbow pads, I don't know what you're doing.
1: Uh, the guys at Blue Wire, they've got a podcast network. It's the Gyro Step Podcast. <laughs> The gyro which, step, which, okay, or or y- euro if you want to be, you know. I like the gy.
2: I like when people yeah. call it a gyro.
1: I, I I have to say that because most when I say euro, they think I'm saying euro. You know what I mean? Oh so like, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. You yeah. have to like. I don't know if it's the way I say it or it's just like right. the like irritating rasp in my voice, but everybody's like, "Oh, your euro step." No no no, gyro, yeah yeah yeah, gyro. So euro, but. Yeah. But I know a lot of people
2: that call it a, a euro. They call it gyro. They call it a euro, and people (laughs) making them are just like, you know what? I'm used to all of them. Just toss
1: the lamb on the pita with the sauce, okay? (laughs) Can I get the lamb and the beef mix and extra sauce? Okay, okay, so you are. Wait now, we're going to deviate here real quick. Number one, yes, give me the Kafka. No doubt about it. I am I am pro lamb all the way. Are you a tzatziki sauce or are you spicy garlic?
2: I, I want to say I look I like the spicy garlic but garlic makes me fart I oh have God. to go
1: tzatziki sauce I can't I'm not a cucumber guy I can't do cucumber but you
2: can you can add some spice to that sauce to make it still amazing the cucumber just it leaves a I love cucumber I
1: see I don't like I what do I got here I've got the uh, blood orange grapefruit bubbly sounds orange. amazing I, that I, sounds I, amazing I, 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 listen I love it but like there's certain like certain things I just can't mess with man a cucumber is very very I just we're going to turn this into a food takes podcast real quick. I just recently conquered green beans.
2: Like you couldn't eat them I, before. Like
1: they, they made me so physically ill, like the smell in general. Yeah. And I had a very nice chicken dinner, uh, with some perfectly cooked French green beans. Long, long, crisp. Yeah. Perfectly cooked. And I was like, my wife just looked at me sick. Just try it. I was like, it's a nice restaurant. I'll do it. You know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I ate them. I was like, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> and you know. The next thing, like, all of the green beans are gone. I haven't touched the chicken. She's like, they're good, aren't they? And I'm like, yes, they are. It's Dude, so green beans are one
2: of my favorite vegetables to eat. I'll tell you the one thing I will never—I've tried them a million times. By the way, I've tried the box ones and I've tried five or six people's homemades, different people. Mm-hmm. Scalloped potatoes are the worst possible creation in human history. What?
1: It's I thought you were going to not... go on like Brussels sprouts and I was going to no. champion you. Hey no. no. Brussels sprouts are amazing. Oh I eat God. Brussels sprouts all day. Oh I eat God. them with eggs
2: and some bacon. It's oh all. Oh, so yes, wrong. please. So scalloped potatoes. I will quite literally put a scalloped potato in my mouth, Danny, get close to swallowing it and almost throw up to the point of having to spit that bite
1: out. Oh, my God.
2: They're awful. It's it, it, to make potatoes. There's at least five other ways I'd rather have potatoes. I wouldn't even think of Name them. Name them now because this is the like potatoes, french fries, tater tots, hash browns, baked potatoes. You're halfway there. Roasted potatoes. Okay. I, I mean, you want me to go more? Yeah, I, w- I want all 10. Potato chips. <laughs> I'm running out of
1: ideas. But a- those seven or eight are way better than scallop <laughs> i'd rather eat a raw potato see i, I was literally having this discussion like, last night this might have been might have been last night about potatoes all gratin and like how it's like the last time i had potatoes au gratin, i was like yeah you know what's great about potatoes au gratin? it's always good and they're made with scallop potatoes with just the perfect amount of crispy treats around the edges
2: mm-hmm Mm -mm. I don't know what that is, man. I, I, and I'm a potato guy. That is the one food item. I don't like seafood, but like, that's just like a seafood taste. I can try it and be okay. I cannot swallow scalloped potatoes. No way.
1: That is, that is definitely a a, a weirder one that I have heard. That is for sure. No, thank you. (laughs) All right, this from Joel at Mr. Yolius, uh, frequent supporter and listener of the show. What should Billups focus on? Just defense? See how much he can improve. CJ is Nurk a lost cause? What do you what, what are you when you're looking at at Chauncey Billups? What are you most excited for, and what are you hoping happens? I guess the ethereal question.
2: So I don't know if they're going to do enough roster wise to change the defense to the point where it's like some unit that people are going to think is going to win a championship. I actually am more interested in what he does offensively. Now the Blazers' offense, I think, was the second or first best offense in the NBA. Cited yeah, but by it's
1: too crazy. ISO heavy. It's too pick and roll heavy. That's you know. But I, I,
2: I what I want to see though is I'm I'm genuinely interested in doing more Dame, CJ off ball optimization, facilitating. Stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah. yeah, like little X's and O's tweaks. Like what his differences are from Terry's because Terry was good, but obviously Terry wasn't perfect. So no, I, I, and I think, and I
1: think he got a little not necessarily lazy, but maybe content in and sure. letting some things go that probably shouldn't have been in the last year.
2: I think it's easy for any coach to have a superstar and get a little lazy, to be honest with you. Like Boonholzer before he won the title was about to get fired. Like yeah, that's,
1: that's the hilarious part, is he was quite literally about to get fired.
2: And and it, it was like the worst kept secret in the NBA. And then they went a championship and now he's getting selfies in the Milwaukee Airport. I, I don't people think Chauncey's gonna be this amazing defensive mind. I'm not he sold. He might be. Yeah, he might, but I'm not sold on that. Just because he played for the Pistons in 04 means nothing to me. I want to see what he does offensively, what kind of tweaks he makes with Dame, assuming CJ comes back, Norm, Nurk, et cetera.
1: I have reached out to a few people that have worked with or around Chauncey um last year in Los Angeles. And the common thread that I've been able to pull is, I don't know. <laughs> like what is he gonna run? I don't know. Like, will he pull some stuff from his days with the Pistons and Larry Brown and, like, some upgraded horn sets? Maybe. Does he, like, take most of the the guts of the Blazers' offense and, like, start from scratch? Or does he, like, take what was there and tweak it? Does he take from Ty Lue and maybe use some of the, the ball movement principles that they focused on there? I'm like... I don't know. Is there a lot of stuff you can build on there, where you have a wing or an offense dominated by two shot creating wings, like <laughs> the two things that the Blazers don't have and haven't had? Like, are you going to run some inverted inverted sets? Okay, like a lot of five out stuff with Nurk. Okay,
4: mm-hmm.
1: I just it's hard for me to look at. It's honestly, it's it's easier for me to see them take some defensive principles. Um, but even in that regard, I don't think like we're we're going into year 10 of Damian Lillard. I don't think a new coach is going to suddenly make him better getting around screens. Like does he does he yeah. give a damn more in certain possessions because somebody's barking at him? Yeah. But do I believe that some of the fundamental stuff that has been an issue for near decade is suddenly just going to boom change? No, I don't.
2: Hard to change the stripes of a zebra, right?
1: I mean, yeah, it's it's one of those situations where you you look at it, it's just like, yeah, it's I want to believe that that could be true, but mm-hmm. my experience and 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 from what I have seen and who I have talked to, that's a very unlikely thing. To see. like, how many superstars? How how many times has LeBron James changed his game?
2: Like two, right? Largely,
1: <laughs> yeah. Like he he went from. He- Cleveland yeah. LeBron to Miami LeBron to back That's to it. Cleveland LeBron. Yeah, like, he went back
2: to his old, you know, I'm running this thing.
1: So you go up and down. the, the Like, Paul George got slightly better as a creator with Chauncey Billups. And there was like, see, you know, if Chauncey will come here, he'll get it. It's like, no, he went from like a so-so creator to like, so creator. Like, it wasn't like it was exponentially. It was just minor tweaks around the edges. So I don't expect Chauncey to unlock a million things in Dame or Nurk or CJ. Does putting Nurk in the middle of the floor and getting him more involved and getting him more touches make him a happier Nurk, therefore a more effective Nurk? Yes. Like, is there enough buttons that you can turn where if you turn them all the right way, you could get more out of some of the parts? Certainly. But I don't think that elevates them into another stratosphere or makes them any better or higher tier of a team than they currently are as constructed.
2: Am I misremembering Chauncey being asked specifically a defensive question at the presser, and him kind of basically saying, "I'm going to hire an assistant. Like I don't have. He's not as locked in defensively as we thought he would be.
1: He's he's basically said he's he's going to have help on both sides to install what he kind of wants to take on on principles. So yeah. it's such a risky hire. <laughs> this was such a and it him a
2: five year deal. It's like. Ah.
1: Okay. Yeah, everybody came after me when I said five because they're like, "Well, it's four and one." I'm like, four and one. Dame's gone and one." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So eh, I don't know if that's necessarily, key. but I'm I'm pulling for Chauncey. I, I genuinely am. I just I want to be wrong. People need to understand this. I want to do a podcast, Danny, where we were like, "Listen, hey, I will list. I will list all the controls, out, out I I legitimately put this out there. I will do the hot ones. Hot sauce challenge. If the Blazers traded CJ McCollum for a top four pick, I was unabashedly said that because I didn't believe there was a chance in hell it was going to happen.
2: But clearly, there was no chance that was happening.
1: And yet, I
2: I didn't understand it anyway. I was trying to try to talk the logical sense into like why it could be Houston or Toronto, but it's like, why would they do that? I don't even if
1: you went the roundabout way where Simmons goes to Toronto, Siakam and Kyle Lowry end up in Philly. CJ ends up in Philly. The four ends up in Portland. That was kind of like the framework that I had heard discussed. Mm -hmm. That was the only time that I had heard four and Portland associated. I could at least see Portland being like, hell no. Like that's the one instance where I might even like back Neil up in a little bit of a sense of like, you're going to turn Ben Simmons into Lowry, Siakam and CJ. And we just get the number four. Like if I'm Neil,
2: you're getting the rebuild
1: part of that trade. You're not getting the help and out trade. And I'd be like, nah, fam. That would be the one time where if I was Neil, I'd be like, nah. nah. That is the only time. And even then, I would have done a truckload of research because I reached out to some, some people in Detroit who I was like, hey, if say the number four in Derek Jones Jr. or Robert Covington or something along that line was on offer for Jeremy Grant, would that be enough to suffice and the, the guys that I talked to were like, I think Detroit would have to be interested in that.
4: Yeah, they, for then sure.
1: Then they could take the number but, four and go get their Scotty Barnes to pair with Cade Cunningham or Jalen Suggs or whatever they wanted to do. Yeah. But that's, that's the only time I've ever seen that number four stuff like really be a part of this.
2: I was just disappointed that it, you know, it didn't come to fruition. I wasn't surprised, but, you know, I was thinking like everybody else going number four, number four, number four. Nope.
1: Huh. all right. Well, we are an hour and ten minutes into this. We went deep and there's actually still more questions. So I'm gonna push some of these off. I'm gonna end Let's up with midweek one. Oh, yeah. we'll wrap them till next week if they don't get answered. Yeah. Um uh, Brandon, episode one in the books. uh, plug everything and everything in anything, make this a very normal thing, uh yeah. all organic. Almost like you've done a read for something like this before.
2: Uh, yeah, coming up this week, uh, no, uh, give me a follow <laughs> on Twitter, Instagram, join me. If you are a golfer out there, join me on my golf journey. As I try to get back into the eighties, I'm having a swing coach <laughs> lessons. This dude is basically clowning me right now. Uh, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter at Brandon spring, catch the radio show six to 9. AM on 1080 the fan, uh, you know, we dive into a lot of the local stuff, maybe not as deep as some of these blazers. Who's going to be the backup to the backup, But but
4: that's what this is here know.
1: for.
2: But this is what it's here for. It's an outlet for me and Danny to get all our rage, our thoughts, our emotions. Like Not all of it. Thank potatoes, God. Scallop potatoes being awful. Uh, <laughs> give me a follow. Tune into the radio show. I got another announcement coming sometime mid this week, late this week on some stuff kind of brewing. Uh, another side project that I'm doing and uh, continue to tune into the pod throughout the week. If Danny doesn't get to the questions, tune in next weekend and, and we'll touch on all things, man.
1: Absolutely. Appreciate you brother. As always, you can find me on social media at Danny Morang at D a N N Y M a R a N G. I still can't get the damn Danny Morang handle on Instagram because somebody's still squatting on it. I will eventually someday. Um, I'll DM I mean, him and threaten him. Like, Hey, he give that never time. had a post. That's the thing. It's been sitting there uh, for years. Yeah. And I'm like, you monster get off that.
2: Uh, that's the worst. <laughs> that's the
1: worst. That very, very common name. That is of course, Danny Morang. Um, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast, please. like, rate, review. Please, five-star, one-star, let us know what you think. Uh, we are genuinely thrilled about doing this. We love you guys. iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, YouTube. If you're listening watch it on YouTube, subscribe to the channel on there. Everything that I do. Every piece of media that I do outside of my writing, which I have done less and less of because I'm moving to video, is on YouTube. YouTube.com backslash Danny Morang. Uh, pay attention for the weekly podcast that we'll do with Brandon. We'll have post game reactions uh, and wrap up, and wrap ups and weekly wrap ups throughout the season. I've got two monster guests scheduled for this week. If you watch the the show. Uh, the live show on Thursday, you know who those are. You'll see the announcements on Tuesday. Uh, I am very, very excited to do those. And I've got a couple players lined up uh, as they come back into town. And basketball life resumes. And, again, Blue Wire Podcast Network, subscribe, rate, review. Jack Ramsey's for Brandon Sprague. I'm Danny Morank. Thank you, guys. We'll catch you next time. Bye. <laughs>